Welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. Um, I'm Ryan. For those of you that I haven't met, so I want to welcome you here. Just want to let you know this is a free place to worship. Uh, we've got flags in the corner and space for dancing or movement. Uh, if you just want to sit and, and take it in, you can do that. If you want to be moving around, this is a, a free place, so we're pretty accepting. Um, I don't know about karate dance. That might be a little much, but uh, just about anything kind of in between there good to go so why don't you just take a minute just uh just greet somebody you haven't seen for a while which is probably most of you say hi but don't get out of hand i'll be calling you back okay Huh. Huh. Yeah. 
gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. You are good, you're good. Declare him over your life. You are good. Declare him over every circumstance, every relationship. You have a good father. Just remind yourself he is good. Just tell him he's good. Good. the beauty to think of who you are is overwhelming the promises you
I'll sing of your love over and over. I'll sing of your love over and over. I'll sing with every setting sun. Your faithful, never failing. Every time I fall, you're there to catch me. When I try to run, your kindness chases me. How you chase me, your compassion never ends. Your mercies are new over and over. Your mercies are new over and over as surely as the morning comes. Your faithful, I'll sing of your love over and over. I'll sing of your love over and over. I'll sing with every setting sun. Your faithful, your favor will last for a lifetime. Your With every breath I will sing of your love, your love. Your favor will last for a lifetime. Your anchor will hold through the night. With every breath I will sing of your love, your love. Your mercies are new. Over and over, your mercies are new. Over and over, as surely as the morning comes. You're faithful, I'll sing of your love. Over and over, I'll sing of your love. Over and over, I'll sing with every setting sun. Your faithful, your mercies are new. Over and over, your mercies are new. Over and over, I'll surely as the morning comes. Your faithful, I'll sing of your love. Over and over, I'll sing of your love. Over and over I'll sing with every setting sun. You're faithful. No, you're faithful. Anybody have a, a testimony this week of God's faithfulness that they want to share?
test. Good morning, everyone. I know most of you don't know me. My name is Shirley Chatfield. I'm from Edmonton, but my daughter lives here in Biggerville. My daughter came to church a few Sundays ago. She had a broken arm. And I just want to thank God because he, he is very faithful. The doctor said that she had to go into another cast, but we had a lady pray over her and believe that her arm would be healed, and it's healed. And now she's just wearing a splint. But, and the doctor said he's amazed at how fast her arm healed because with the break, it broke her wrist, her radius, and her unibone. But it was a clean break, and he said that's why he believes it healed so fat, faithful. And I said, no, it healed because God is faithful. And he said, you're right. Thank you. Anybody else? Testimonies of faithfulness this week? This might be a little embarrassing for me to say, but um, I've had some health issues this last while, and... Uh, Every health professional keeps telling me, I need to exercise. But I've got knee issues, and I've got foot issues, and I'm in so much pain most of the time. I'm thinking, oh, God, how am I going to do this? And um, so, I don't know, I was reading this article, and, and they said, well, people with knee and foot problems should try a recumbent bike. And I'm like, well, how much does that cost? And is it comfortable to sit on? Because... I'm a person who thinks that exercise is, you know, you cheer someone else on. <laughs> so we happened, and so that night I, I looked online, I thought, oh, they're not that bad. And that same day that I prayed about it, um, I happened to mention to a friend of ours that I was looking for a recumbent bike. He goes, no way. And I said, why? And he goes, I have one that I'm using to hang my laundry on. <laughs> I said, can I borrow it? <laughs> and so God is so faithful. He even, adds, he cares about our well-being. And um, he just wants us well. And I, I was just so, oh, thank you, God. Like, it, I had just, hadn't really even prayed about it. I just kind of started um, looking into things. So he is faithful to look after us, even in our health. And even when we don't want to do things. Thanks, Benny. Anybody else? Testimonies of faithfulness this week? Does anybody need um, prayer to believe God's faithfulness? Anybody struggling with that today that they need some support in that? Anybody? Anybody else as well? I just feel like somebody's struggling with believing God's good this morning. But well, we'll just release that over, over Lori and everybody else that, that won't say it. But <laughs> Father, we thank you that you are a good God. You are faithful even when we're faithless. You are faithful to the end. You are faithfulness itself, Jesus. 
So we release that spirit of trust in you this morning over everybody here. Holy Spirit, I just release you to minister to everyone here. Just a new level of trust in you, God, in areas that we didn't even know we weren't trusting, but you reveal that to us. Just take us into new levels of trust in who you are, God, that you're a good father, that you love us, that your will is for the best for us. It's not your will that we be sick. It's not your will that we struggle in finances. Your will is that we prosper and be in good health. That's pretty clear. So we trust in you, God. Open our eyes to see what the enemy's doing so that we can just shoot it down in your faithfulness, God. thank you that you are a good, good father. Good, good father. Let's release that in Jesus' name. I feel like God is asking me, because sometimes we want to praise him when we're, we're through the situation, and right now we're still in the middle of ours, but I'm by faith today declaring that I trust God, and I'm thanking him for what he's doing. And even though things in our eyes look like they're getting worse, I know that he's always faithful and that his faithfulness is dependent on our situation. His faithfulness is dependent on his character, on who he is and not what we see. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thanking him today for the situation and what he's doing in it and what he's doing in our son because he told me he's writing his story. And I'm, I'm hanging on to that. He's writing his story. And I'm trusting him to bring him through it. I'm trusting him and I'm believing him that even though my eyes don't see it right now and even though it feels to me like it's getting worse and it's getting darker, that just means that the enemy knows his time with him is short and that before long God is going to say that's enough and he's going to bring him out. strength and song highest praise to him belong Christ the Lord the conquering king your name we raise your triumph sing 
Of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, right? His testimony. 
we've overcome. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I Crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield, though troubles linger still. Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by
my side How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll see how great How great is our God How great is our God And sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll see how great how great is our God, the splendor of the King, holy majesty, that all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice, and rest. Himself in light, darkness tries to hide. Trembles at His voice. Trembles at His voice. I pray with our God. Sing.
me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Let's praise Him. How great is our God, and sing with me how great is our God, and all will sing how great, how great is our God. Could we, just, could we just take a few moments this morning and could we just, whatever is heavy on your heart today, whatever burden you're carrying, just want to let you know this morning that it's already been declared that our God is greater than these things. He is greater. There is nothing He cannot do. With us, there's times when it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. And if you're carrying a burden this morning, if you're carrying a, a, if there's a situation in your life, just want to let you know this, we need to be reminded that that situation does not define you. That situation does not define who you are, doesn't define your future. Because he's still writing the story, amen? We've heard that today too, declared, that he's still writing the story. That this is, it, whatever you're going through, whatever burden you're carrying, I want you to know that it's just an episode. In, 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 in many, you ever watch TV and you'll notice, I, I'm where sometimes we watch Netflix and we watch, see that there's a number of different episodes in a season. But in those episodes, there are, there are, there are uh, scenes. And if you missed part of the show or whatever, you can go back and you can catch and pick it up at a certain scene. Well, I want you to know, it's just like those blocks you see on the screen. See, the, the thing you're going through is just one of those blocks. 
This is one of those blocks in the episode, in the season of many seasons. So you're not defined by it. You're not defined by these things. This is not everything that you're about. And our God, our God is not finished. He's still writing the story. He's still writing your story. He's still writing our story. And so, Lord, this morning we come and we lift up the burdens that we might be carrying. We lift up the situations. I want you to just, just, just declare them. Just begin to speak them out. Just begin to say, Lord, here I am. This is my this is my situation. This is my need. This is my burden. This is the problem. And Lord, we know that you are the one who has the solution. Let's just, let's just praise him this morning. Let's, just, just thank him. Just what he's going to do. Lord, we anticipate great things from your hand. And we lift up our burdens. We come to the throne room of God this morning. And we lift up those burdens to you today. Whatever they are, just, just begin, to, just begin to, to speak it out. Maybe it's in the finances. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's a personal issue. Whatever it is, just begin to, just to share it with the Lord. God, here I am. Hear my prayers. Because he is great. Amen? Our God is great. There's no greater God. There's no other God before him. All the rest is idols false idols there's only one God and he is great and his name is above all names and his power is above all powers hallelujah so in Jesus name we come and we bring these these burdens to you we lift we bring them at the the feet of Jesus we lay them at your feet Lord and Lord we know that you are a merciful you're a gracious you're a loving and compassionate father who desires the best for his kids. Amen? Do you believe that this morning? He desires the best for his kids. I want you to know that as a father, I desire the best things for my kids, and I'm an imperfect father. I'm an imperfect pastor, too. <laughs> but I'm, an imper- I'm not perfect, but our God is, is perfect. Amen? He is infinite. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing, and he's all-loving. Because God is love. And if I want the best for my kids, how much more does God want the best for us this morning? Amen? How much more? Are you getting that today? How much more does he want the best for us? And you say, you might say, well, pastor, I don't know. What, you don't understand what I'm going through or whatever. But listen, I want you to know that it's, remember, just keep remembering this. It's just a scene. It's just one scene. He's still writing the story. And so we praise you, God, for that. That you are still writing the story. You're not finished with us yet. And you know, Lord, what you want to fashion and what you want to mold and who you want us to become. And, Lord, I believe that as we see the Scripture say that we are being molded and we are being shaped into the image. We are to be like Jesus. Amen? And we know that, Lord, you have went through things. You suffered Yeah, you did. You suffered so that we may share in your glory. And so, God, we know the end of the story. We know that one day you're going to return and we are going to be with you forever. We are going to share in your glory. We are going to share in all of the abundance of the kingdom that's coming. Hallelujah. And we're going to rule and reign with him. And so this is just a little scene.
It's just a scene in, your, in the story. Hallelujah. You believe that this morning? I, I know I, I, I believe that this morning. I'm hanging on to that this morning. Praise his name. Thank you, worship team. Yes, go ahead. Sure. right there. Does anyone have a pain? I don't know if a kink in a neck or your neck was injured. Is there anyone? But I just feel God is saying that this is just a little problem, but there's a much more bigger problem that you're dealing with. And he just wants to touch that right now, just as a reminder of his faithfulness that he sees that he cares. And he has the power to heal the little thing, but he also has the power to overcome whatever big, big obstacle you're going through. So if that's for anyone right now, I just release that over you, just the healing power of God. Just a, a, a small demonstration of what his, what his power can do and his care and his love for you. If that was for you this morning, just receive that. Thank you, worship team. That was fantastic this morning. Praise his name. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, if you're with us this morning for your first time, we welcome you to Maple Street Worship Center and uh, trust so far that you have been sensing the Lord's presence. Who here has been sensing God's presence this morning? How many know that when we come in, and uh, I don't know about you, but I've, I've came in to church before, and uh, sometimes I've, you know, just been weighed down with things and and I bring in a certain type of an attitude, and I kind of walk away from what I've experienced, and it's not a lot different than when I came in. But when, how many know that when we come together, and we, we, we come to, to meet together, and we bring uh, an attitude as, okay, God, I want to connect with you today. I, I, want, uh, I want you to minister to me. I want to I minister to someone else. Uh, I, I, I just want to hear something that's going to be food to my soul. And so when we we got our antennas up, right? You can come to church and have your antenna down, or you can come to church and have your antenna up, and you're ready to be to receive. But also it's great to be able to transmit to others, amen? Because that's what it, it comes, when it comes to the spiritual gifts, we're also transmitters, and we're receivers. And that's why it's so great. It, it's hard, and I remember one time I was reading about these here monks, these desert monks, who wanted to get away from the world because they saw corruption and they wanted to draw close to God and they, so they decided to get alone and have solitude. But, they, but some of them came to realize that you can't love your neighbor as yourself when you're all alone. And so they began to realize we need to get together with people of like faith. And so they built these monasteries and so on and so forth. But the idea was we, we can't get to know who God is without understanding that we need to come together as a people because that's what he's forming, amen? He just didn't die just for the one. He died for the many. And I'm glad this morning that we can come to church and we can worship and we can just feel that electricity in the atmosphere. Did anybody feel that this morning? I know I did. I know I did. I kind of got my feeler up a little bit this morning. Well, praise the Lord. Glad you're here this morning. Um, I think I had my bulletin. I think it was up here. I think it's right there. I forgot it on the stool. So if you got a, a bulletin this morning, trust that you did. There's a number of announcements. not going to cover everything this morning in the announcements. But of course, we're going through the beta Satan. If you haven't been able to make it to that, I trust that you would, would give an effort to be there. 
on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. You'll also notice a number of other things coming up as well. Um, Samaritan's Purse on November 11th. This is Shoebox Sunday. We also have some information concerning the packing party. And uh, also, pierogies and jam are going to be here doing a gospel concert on November, or excuse, yeah, November the 17th. And, uh, of course, we're looking for uh, participation from our church. We're going to be hosting that. But we also are looking for uh, participation on that, on that night. And uh, there's also, if you've received uh, your bulletin this morning, you'll also get a sign-up sheet that's been included uh, concerning a work bee for October the 20th. And there's a number of different areas in which uh, you can sign up, a number of different jobs, uh, just kind of letting you know in advance, and, and you can sign up for that. There's also Penny's notes about Operation Christmas Child, looking at the ways to participate, and all the instructions that's included there as well. I'm not going to take all the time to go over all of that, but I just want to mention those things just so that you are aware. How many's enjoying the Beta Satan on, on Tuesday night so far? Getting some benefit from that. Amen. Again, it's all about relational health, and uh, we're going to talk just a little bit about that this morning. I just want to also let you know as well that uh, coming up uh, next week, we're going to be moving into a new sermon series. It's going to be next Sunday, starting next Sunday. So you don't want to miss that. We're going to be looking at uh, Jesus and his, and his life and his ministry. We're going to be preparing some of that this week, and so we're going to be digging into that. And, um, and I, I trust that it's going to be of, of benefit to each and every one of us. may even help us to see Jesus through a little bit of a, a different lens than maybe what you've seen before. But we're going to be looking at it from a particular angle. So... Uh, don't miss that. It's going to be next Sunday. So glad to see the kids that are here. Amen. And I'm not sure if you've been enlisted this morning. Yeah, it's not sure if you've been enlisted this morning, for, but we're going to ask the ushers to come. If they would, we're going to receive our tithe and our offering. Just want to mention this morning that um, how many how many believe this morning? Uh, how many how many here are blessed? How many feel that you've been blessed? That God is providing for you. Well, how many know that there's a principle in Scripture that lets us know that uh, we are also to, to give back a portion of that which God has blessed us with? And uh, we not only obey uh, that, desire to obey that, but uh, we also want to, uh, we want to be able to provide for the ministries and the missions that are t- uh, through, through Maple Street Worship Center. And, and, and part of that, we're all, we're all part of that team. And we all have a responsibility and a, and a part to play in that. And I just want to let you know that we are at a point with some of our finances where, where we, are, we are finding that we're behind uh, quite a bit. We, we, as the, the council has done, uh, we have trimmed. We have a very lean and mean uh, budget, but uh, we need extra help. So if you're, if you're part of the church right now and maybe you haven't been giving, uh, but you'd like to maybe, maybe do that, we would really appreciate you getting on board with that and uh, because we all share in that responsibility. We don't want to just keep the lights on. Isn't it great that we can come and gather and worship on Sundays and we can use the building through the week on Tuesdays? And the, That's all wonderful. It's great to have the lights on. It's great to be able to cover some bills. But we want to do more than that because I believe that really the church, uh, the calling of the church, if I could just keep it very brief, the calling of the church really 
is to reach lost people and to make disciples for Jesus Christ. Amen? It's to reach the lost. And so it's not only uh, keeping the lights on for us, but it's so that we can also reach out to others as well. And uh, Jesus gave us that mission in the, in the Great Commission, to go into all the world, preach the gospel. And, of course, Paul went out and did that. He established churches. And uh, so that's, if, we can, if we can see uh, that that's part of our responsibility together, then I know that the Lord will, will bless. So we're just going to be praying for provision. And that's what we, when we put it up on the slide every Sunday, that we are, at, we are partnering with Jesus. Amen? When we give, we partner with Jesus to see his, get his full reward. If we could put that up on the screen this morning. Let's say this together. As we receive today's offering. We are believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, <coughs> declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions, motions, provisions, and resources to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father, that as I join my value system to yours, that you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so that I may have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah and amen as you, you give this morning. And we're going to get the children to come up. Oh, no, not this morning? No? Okay. Not enough workers. Ah, so I counted them up this morning, and I think that in my count, there was about 12 kids, but we need some workers. Jesus said something about that, I think it was, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So if the Lord lays it on your heart to get involved in a children's ministry, just want to, uh, to throw that out there. But if the Lord lays it on your heart to get involved, I know that involvement would be greatly, greatly appreciated. God bless you as you consider that, as you pray about that. This morning we're going to turn into, into Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, like I said before, I was kind of doing a little bit of, of a reversal. I really sensed, uh, really felt to, to preach on that message last week concerning the armor of God and the victory that we have in, uh, in the Lord as we uh, don't fight for the victory, but we fight from a position of victory. And so I kind of want to do, do a little bit of reversal. So we're going back a little bit here in Ephesians 4. And uh, so we had looked at a few weeks ago we looked a few weeks ago at the concept that Paul was uh, teaching concerning our new life in Christ. How many would agree this morning that when we come to Jesus, that uh, when we come to him, when we accept Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, as our Master, that God begins to do a work of transformation in our lives and in our hearts. Of course, we have to yield to the Spirit as the Spirit begins to guide that work. 
And how many know we don't become perfect right off the bat, do we? We don't become perfect right off the bat. God does a work. It's a process. Yes, we are, we are set apart. Yes, we are saved. Yes, we are set apart. But there's also a work that God does. And we, looked, we started looking at that a little bit. We looked at, uh, and remember we used the, uh, the illustration or the analogy of taking off the old garments and putting on new kinds of garments and what that might sort of look like. So this is a little bit of a sec- second glimpse here this morning, uh, kind of in a part two. So at that time, we had looked at three things. We had looked at the fact that we were to put off falsehood and we were to put on truth. Another thing was that we were to put off unrighteous anger and we were to put on patience. Anybody ever have trouble with patience? I, at least I got one. I got two honest. Okay, three, four. Oh, good. It's good. <laughs> nurses, yeah. That we were to put off unrighteous anger, we were to put on patience. And uh, we also looked a little bit at the life of Zacchaeus and noticed that not only did, did uh, he put off his thievery, but he also put on work and, and generosity. So I'm just looking at a couple other things this morning that Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, that as we're taking off the old and we're putting on the new, uh, some of the things that he's, he's referring to. So we can turn this morning, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, verses 29 to, t- to 32. Paul puts it this way. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 31, he says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So, Heavenly Father, we come this morning and uh, we just ask for your help because, God, we know that when it comes to working these things out in our lives, that it's not always easy thing to do. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would continue that work that you have begun and knowing that you will. And so we pray, Lord, help us to yield to your spirit. Help us to yield to your word. Help us, O oh God, to recognize what you want to form in us, what you want to create in us. And I definitely believe that, that according to what your word has to say, that you want us to be like him so that others can see who God is. And so, Father, may your word bless Uh, Be blessed to our hearts. May we endeavor to live by it and and work it out. And not only, Lord, in the the context of, uh, even in the context of of our family relationships, but, Lord, in in our church and workplace, wherever we may go, may these things mark who we are. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen, amen. When we're going through this um, a little bit, really what we're looking at, is how God works out his righteousness and holiness in our lives. How many know that God is a righteous God? That's, that's his character. 
God is a holy God. God is a loving God, but God is also a holy God. And so we see even in the cross of Christ that there's the love of God when it comes to those who need salvation. But we also see that there is a punishment for sin that's taking place because God is, is holy. And so when we're looking at these things this morning, it, it's really talking about, and there's a word that we oftentimes might use, um, it's, you know, a bit of a theological word. Many of you might be familiar with it, but it's, it, it's called sanctification. It's called sanctification. And so we know that Jesus is our Savior, but Jesus is also our sanctifier. He's also one who, who helps us to live according to the new nature that we have. Amen? So we have a new nature. Paul said how if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. In fact, it's a, in the Greek, it would, it would really mean passing away. And behold, all things are becoming new. So there is a process in this. Yes, we are sanctified. Yes, we are set apart. But there's also a process in that. And one of the things that Paul mentions in our text this morning, he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your, your mouths. How many know this morning that uh, when you go to the store, you can, get, uh, you can get whole wheat bread? It's supposed to be more wholesome than, than the white bread. Amen? They say because in the white bread there's you know, stuff that may not be so, so great for you. So one of the things we need to remember is that we need to put off unwholesome talk. There was a guy who was uh, working in a produce department. And he was asked by a lady if she could buy a... Uh, yeah, he was asked by the lady if he could buy, or she could buy, a half a head of lettuce. And he said, half a head? Are you serious? God grows these things in whole heads, and that's how we sell them, he said. And so you mean, she said to him, you mean I have come to this grocery store all these years, and you can't sell me a half a head of lettuce? So he said, okay, what I'll do is I'll go talk to the manager. So she mentioned that she would be very appreciative of, of that, so he goes to the front of the store, and he says to the manager, you won't believe this, but there is a, this lame braided idiot lady back there who wants to buy wants to know if she can buy a half a head of lettuce and the manager he noticed the manager gesturing like and so the young guy kind of turns around he said and this nice lady is was wondering if she could buy a half a head of lettuce so later on the manager looks at the young guy working for him, and he said, he said, that was a real good example. He said, that was some fine thinking you did there on your feet. He said, where did you learn that? And he said, well, I grew up in Grand Rapids, he said. And if you know anything about Grand Rapids, they're known for their ice hockey and their ugly women. And the manager's face really changed. And he said, you know, my wife is from Grand Rapids, and which hockey team did she play for? I'm not really sure if he But Paul tells us about the way that we're to talk, and he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouths. And what unwholesome means here, words that are corrupt, 
words that are foul, words that are really rotten. And how many know when things are rotten, things stink? It stinks. I, what I like about Alberta, there's one thing I do like about Alberta. One of many. One of the many that I like. See, wow, I almost offended you guys right there. One of the many things I like about Alberta is that you don't need a yucky bucket. Anybody know what a yucky bucket is? Well, we, we used to have a yucky bucket. Here you have a really big yucky bucket. It's green in the back alley. And you don't have to hang on to the two weeks. Okay, or, or whatever. But remember, I think it was in, especially in Nova Scotia, you, you know, either you had yourself a backyard composter or if you lived in town, you had to wait and hold this stuff. And so there were times when we had what was called a yucky bucket. You named it, didn't you? The yucky bucket. And in the yucky bucket was where you put all your tables, you know, all your compostable stuff. But you had to hang on to that. So you might get a four-liter ice cream container, put some uh, paper towel or something in the bottom of it, and you'd scrape your stuff into your yucky bucket. And if you had banana peelings, there's a pretty good chance that you might have some fruit flies hanging around that yucky bucket. You might even start seeing mold grow in that yucky bucket. I just want to let you know that yucky bucket was yucky because not only was it gross, but that yucky bucket sometimes would smell bad. Because the stuff that was in it was rotting. Sometimes the stink got so bad that you want your nose to fall off your face. That's how bad it was. Well, I want you to know this morning that God doesn't want us to have mouths that are filled with things that you'd find in a yucky bucket. Amen? You, you think that that's probably a good idea? He doesn't want us... I've heard Christians, you know, say, well, pardon me, I'm having covered, and they pardon, excuse the expression, excuse my French, and then some word that you knew wasn't quite from France came out. I've even heard pastors many times use some interesting language, words. And I begin to scratch my head sometimes about this. Sometimes... The word might be on a little on the vulgar side. Sometimes it's off, a little off color. But Paul is instructing the Ephesians to say, look, this, this, is, not, this is not what you're to do. We, we're not to use these kinds of off-color jokes or profanity or vulgarity. And the reason is simply this, is because this is incompatible with who you are. This is not who your identity is anymore. This is not who you are becoming I don't know about you, but you've probably heard this. That when, either you've witnessed it or you have read about it or you've heard about it. But there are times talk about p- people who are demon-possessed. And that's what spews out of their mouth is just stuff that's vulgar and profane. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, whom the Spirit of God is dwelling, that that is not the kind of thing that is to come out of our mouths. Because we are those now who are to, resent, who are to reflect righteousness 
and the holiness of God. And if we have problems with that, we need to get a hold, we need to yield to the Spirit, we need to yield to the Word, where even David said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. To keep a watch over the doors of my lips. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Because simply this is because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Would you agree with that? Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There was an, there was an old fable that said one time, once upon a time a donkey found a lion skin. And he tried it on and he started around and frightened many animals. And soon a fox came along and the donkey tried to scare him too. But the fox hearing the donkey's voice said, If you want to terrify me, you'll have to disguise your bray. The moral of the story was, clothes may disguise a fool, but his words will give him away. Because what comes out of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, if there's, if there's the presence of God in your heart, if there is the spirit that's indwelling, then I believe this morning that Paul is saying that there's going to be wholesome stuff that comes out of that mouth. That there's going to be good things. And, there's, and if God is there, it's going to be in abundance good things. Good will come out. It won't be foul. It won't be profane. It won't be dirty. It won't be vulgar. But it'll ind- and it will indicate attached to the tongue. Because if the tongue is profane or dirty or vulgar, Jesus said, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and even slander. These are what makes a person unclean. So when we have a heart that is wicked like that, then we, that's what we would expect. But when we have the Spirit of God live with, with, living within us, when we are feasting on the Word of God, when we are allowing the law of the Lord to begin to change who we are, how many know that should be fading away? That should, should be fading away. Because, you see, God did not make our mouth so that it, it could smell like a yucky bucket. In fact, he said... He talked about renewing of the mind. In fact, he talked about our, our, our thought life should be consumed with the things that are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of good repute. Things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Does anybody agree with that this morning? That those who know whom we serve, whom we represent, should know it by our attitude, it should be know by how we live and by what we say. There should be something that distinguishes us from those who don't know the Lord. So Paul goes on, so that's a negative part, but then Paul goes on and he brings the positive piece to this. And he says, and instead of the unwholesome talk, that we are to speak that which is helpful. Helpful for the building up of others according to their needs that they may benefit or give grace to those who listen or hear. One guy wrote a poem, and this is what it said. As they watched them tear down a building, a gang of men in a busy town, with a ho heave ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and the side wall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled? And the men you'd hire if you want to build. And he gave a laugh and said, no, indeed. 
Just common labor is all I need. I can easily wreck in a day or two what others have taken years to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by rule and square? Am I shaping my work to a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can? Or am I a wrecker who walks to town, content with the labor of tearing down? O Lord, let my life and my labors be that which builds for eternity. Because unwholesome talk tears down. But when we speak that which is life, which is good, reflects the heart and the will of God, it builds others up. Have you ever noticed that you could be around some people and you notice that the talk, maybe not even unwholesome in, in the sense of vulgarity, but the sense that it's just not helpful. You walk away from that circumstance, that situation, feeling more depressed than when you went. But then there's others who you go and, and you're with, and what's coming out of their heart, what's, what's radiating out of them, is you, you just know, you just know that there's faith, you know that there's love, you know that there's hope, you know you know that they, not only do they know Jesus, but they're growing in their maturity. They're growing to become more like him. And that's the kind of things that we need to recognize. That's what we need in our church. Amen? We need to have that fellowship that builds up. In fact, that's part of what coming together as a church is all about, is when we, when we come together that God wants to uh, give us the graces that we need. The gifts of the Spirit, and you'll see some of those listings up there. Uh, a word of wisdom. Is a word of wisdom from the yucky bucket? A word of knowledge. Is that from? No. Prophecy. Tongues and interpretation. No. A lot of those vocal gifts are things that the Spirit uses to comfort and edify and strengthen. And guess what? They're directed at others. Did you notice that those gifts of the Spirit are others-focused? So we need to put that off, amen? We need to put that off. The question is this, is do we want to be a builder or do we want to be a wrecker? Look at verse 30 this morning with me. Because if we don't heed that advice, look at verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Because when we function in that way, it grieves the Holy Spirit. It causes him sorrow. It causes him distress, hurt, and pain. And so there should be no room for that in our lives or in the house of God. The second thing that Paul mentions, that's one of the first things, or the first thing. I'm moving a little faster. He goes on and he says, look at verse 31. Look at verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness rage, anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. That's a pretty packed statement that Paul gives us. 
what I want to do is I want to just define those words a little bit. Bitterness. Anybody know what bitterness is? Well, bitterness is a smoldering resentment. It's a brooding grudge. Anybody ever have a grudge? Have you ever had it where, you know, either it's yourself or you're with somebody else? A situation or a person has become the subject of your conversation. And in that time that you're you're just saying, oh, that person, this and that person, and you're just you're just throwing ingredients into the pot. And you throw it into the pot, and then you take the big ladle and you just stir the pot and you just let it simmer. You let it simmer and you let it boil and you just keep it feeding it. And you keep nursing that grudge. I can't believe what this person did to me. Can you believe what they did? They did this, this, and this, and this. And that, and that, and that, and the other thing too. Yeah, that was really mean of them, wasn't it? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so we throw it into the pot and we just let it simmer. And we stir it up. And we just get bitter and bitter and bitter and bitter to the point where we have so much animosity in our hearts toward other people that the bitterness turns to poison. I mean, that's dangerous stuff. And then that bitterness kind of proceeds a little bit further because then then you're really getting angry. You're really getting angry, and, and, and the kind of thoughts that come to your mind, boy, I couldn't wait to get a hold of them because, boy, I'd like to bless them with a two-by-four upside the head. Or give me a knife, and I could go flatten their, you know, flatten their tires. Or... Right? Have you ever been there? You know what I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about? This is just real-life stuff. So it can turn to rage. And, and, and the problem with that is that we are moving into a situation where we are allowing our emotions to govern who we are. And I want you to know the devil will use those emotions. He'll use those thoughts. He'll feed that into our spirit so that we become more bitter, more enraged. I was talking to a pastor not long ago, and he was telling me how... There's someone in his church that won't even look at him. And it's been years. Years. He can't even go over, shake the person's hand and say, how are you doing? Because the person will hide behind other people. They will turn away. They won't even look. I would say there's something that needs to be taken care of in that situation. So bitterness becomes rage. Rage, anger, that smoldering on the inside. It can turn into brawling and fighting physically, but it can also turn into slander. Anybody know what slander is? Slander is when you assassinate someone's name and their character. How many know 
that when you get to that point, you know that relationships are being severed. Folks, this is real life stuff. There have been wars in churches over little tiny things. Do we go from pews to chairs? Pews to chairs can cause a war. The lines are drawn. People get angry. Over the color of the carpet. Over change. Change. One time there was a pastor that tried to, I think he was a worship pastor, tried to implement change. And they said that they moved the piano one inch every week so that the piano could get to the other side of the church. Because there was people in the church that would be upset that the piano got shifted from one side to the other. Anybody think that's crazy? Well, it's real. The sides get drawn. The churches will split over whether you go from a great baby grand to a keyboard. I'm not kidding. The Azusa Street Mission said that the Holy Spirit had departed from the building when they brought a piano in. Yeah. When you think back at the roots of our movement and you think back of, of the, the influence of the Azusa Street Mission, they never had any music. No musical instruments in their building. None. And they would sing and they would praise God, but then a piano came in and there was those who wrote how that they knew that the Holy Spirit had left because the piano came in. And I'm thinking, man, we might as well throw out the whole Bible when the drums got here. Right? But other things are also on the, on the list. And I'm just using those as examples of just frivolous little things that people will get upset over, that they will get bitter, that they will get upset, they will get angry. And it will even come to the point where these types of little issues become juicy tidbits. And they become topics of conversations. You know, it could be at someone's home, it could be at, in the prayer gathering where it's more sharing less prayer it could turn into telephone ministry it can turn into you know having coffee at the coffee shop but then it can move into malice you know what Paul says Paul says we need to get rid of all that we need to get rid of all that you see that stuff is in the church it's in the lives of Christians believe it or not it's there it's because we're people and we deal with these things. But Paul says, he's telling the Ephesians, who obviously were having problems with this, and I believe we have problems with this in our, in our day as well, but he's saying, you need to, guys, you need to get rid of all that stuff. Don't accommodate it. Don't let your ears, don't let your, your mouth be like a yucky bucket. Amen? Don't let your heart become filled with bitterness. Don't let it become angry. Don't let slander come out of your mouth. Why? Because when you feel, listen, when you feel the old, the old nature rising up and tempting you, we need to, because it all starts where? It starts in your mind, doesn't it? Hello? 
Before you do it, it starts in the mind. It becomes a thought in your mind. What you do and what you say starts in your mind, in your heart. Amen? Okay, so what does the Bible tell us to do? It says that we are to take every thought captive. Let me put it this way. You need to slap the handcuffs on that thing. You're under arrest, bitterness. Amen? You got no place, you got no legal right in my life. I'm not going to be ruled by that. Anger, if it ain't righteous, you're out of here. So what we need to do as believers is we need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Satan, to the obedience of the sinful nature, to the obedience of who? Christ. Okay, so is the word I'm talking... Okay, so we're in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 right now. Can, do you believe this morning that that's an inspired word of God? Okay, thank you. So if that's inspired of the Holy Spirit, then that's a sure word of prophecy, amen? The written word of God is a sure word of prophecy. And how many know that when we conform to it, when we, when we walk in alignment with it, that we are now walking in obedience to the will of Jesus? Amen? So whenever we have thoughts like that that come in, we are to arrest them. We are to slap the cuffs on them and say, no, no, you're not going to be here anymore. Because here's the thing. They do not belong in the lives of people who reflect the righteousness and the holiness of God and therefore it has no place in our lives, no place in the church. Would you agree with that this morning? Say amen. Because, here's the thing, when they are present, when we allow them, when we don't take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. What we do is we give the devil a foothold. What that means is we give him an opportunity. We make room for him to get in. And all he wants to do is to get in and slither around and pop up and speak lies about your brothers and your sisters. Make you paranoid oh, so-and-so looked at me the wrong way. Maybe they don't like me anymore. And then you, then you chew on that, and you cultivate that. And then you create a scenario that's not even real, and you worry about 90... What do they say? 90% of the things or more of the things that we worry about don't even exist. But he gets in and he whispers lies and deception. Why? Because you failed to take captive the thought. And in so doing, he gets in, and as we mentioned last week, he deceives, and he lies, and he destroys. But here's what Paul said. He said, instead of that, instead, verse 32, he says, but be, instead, be kind and compassionate to one another. Be kind. It also means become it's a continuous tense. Become kind. It means 
How many know that we haven't arrived yet? Have you arrived yet? Have we reached the full measure of the stature of Jesus? There's no way. I'm, I'm guessing that Jesus is taller than me. I haven't reached it yet. We haven't reached the full measure of perfection. So we're in process here. Be kind and compassionate to one another. What? Forgiving each other. Right? So what does it mean to be kind? It means that we are to have a sweet and gentle disposition toward each other. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, but pastor, that's tough. Yeah, it is. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. Kindness has to do with a sweet and a gentle disposition. Forgiving each other. Forgiving each other. This is what we're walking through in the bait of Satan. It's all about offense. It's all about forgiveness. It's all about reconciliation. Because I want you to know this morning that the gospel is all about reconciliation. Look what he says. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. That's, that's gold. That's huge. It's huge because, listen, we have so many people today, and as John Bevere mentioned, they have become spiritual vagabonds, wanderers, no root, they're not flourishing, they're not growing. In fact, their growth is being stunted. Why? Because... They have not been able to practice forgiveness. They get offended. Something big happens, and they get offended, and they go. That's it. I'm not being with these. I'm I'm, I'm moving to the church down the road. And then the next time, the second time, the offense is actually not quite as big. And the third time, the offense is getting smaller. And the fourth time, it's even smaller, because they're just so used to packing up toys and going home. How many know you can't love your neighbor as yourself when you're in solitude, right? You can't learn to walk in grace. See, we sing about grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, right? But Lord, I don't want to give it away because, and you can fill in the blank, I'm trying to get a rhyme, but it just didn't work. (laughs) But but I remember talking to a guy, and he he, he began to tell me about the horror stories of an annual church meeting and how it turned into a boxing match. Have you ever heard about them? The annual meeting turned, you know, you go to an annual, a church annual meeting, and a boxing match breaks out. It's like when you go to the hockey game and a boxing match breaks out, right? Or a boxing match and a hockey game breaks out. And I stopped and I thought as he was describing this horrible, horrible incident. Boy, for people who love to sing about the amazing grace of God, we sure are slow to give that grace away to others. I'm hearing some people agree. I'm thinking maybe the preaching's not too bad. Because here's the mark, folks. 
Here's the mark. Mutual forgiveness is a mark of true Christian fellowship. It's a mark of maturity. It's a mark of spirituality. There'll be those who say, oh, the reason I'm spiritual is because I get this stuff happening. I get a word of wisdom. I, I got a gift of healing, or I speak prophetic words, or I have tongues and interpretation. And as I mentioned not long ago, William Seymour said, I care not how many tongues you speak. If you have not love, you have not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Right? Love. God is love. That's his character. True Christian fellowship. True Christian fellowship is marked by forgiveness. Over and over. How many times? Is it six, seven times? No, 70 times 7. If somebody offends you over and 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 over again, I would have be hard-pressed to find somebody that could offend me 490 times in a day. Now, I think maybe I came to 498 with my wife. Right, dear? You, you, she should have a big medal that talks about me putting up or her putting up with me. She's put up. We're going to have an anniversary, November 1st. Is it 21? Yes, it's 21 years of her putting up with me. 21 years of putting up with my foolishness. But there's a glue. I'll tell you what the glue is. There's a super bonding glue that you can get. You can't get it at Canadian Tire. You can't get it at Home Harbor. You can't buy it at Walmart. But there's a super bonding glue that I've discovered is actually in here. Tells us about it. It's when you got the Holy Spirit of God and your mind is being governed by the will of God, you realize that every time you mess up, you need to go ask for forgiveness. But guess what? When somebody comes and asks for forgiveness, you, you are obligated to forgive them. Why? Because that's what God has done for us. That's what God has done for us. And if we want unity, we need to function. I remember, and I'm getting close to the end here, I'm going to call the worship team up now so that way... I won't speak too much longer. And they're going to, they get a song ready. Praise the Lord. They're going to be my governor so I don't go past 180 kilometers an hour this morning. But we are to be, Paul goes into the next, the next chapter. And I want you to know the chapter and verse divisions weren't really in the original text. We put them there. But Paul talks about being imitators of God. Being imitators of God. That's our standard, isn't it? It's not the person alongside you or the person in front of you or behind you. It's, it's, it, Jesus is the standard. God is the standard. His character. And I was, I was listening this week to, a, to my professor at church history. And I'm going to close with this illustration so you just get the point. And he was talking to kids about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he said, in explaining, explaining that, that, uh, that belief system, he said that many times people would, would, would picture God like, like he was a circle. He was from everlasting to everlasting. There's no end. And, and he, drew, he drew a circle, and he drew another one that, that kind of connected in there, and another circle to ilust, try to illustrate God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And it was an interesting thing that he said at the very end of this illustration, teaching these kids a very, very difficult thing to understand. He said the way he liked to look at it is that God, 
The Father, God the Son, the God the Spirit are like a family. And in that family, there's perfect love, there's perfect compassion, there's perfect kindness, there's perfect everything. A perfect relationship. Would you agree this morning as we stand that God the Father has a perfect relationship with God the Son? God the Son, a perfect relationship with God the Father. And the Spirit, a perfect relationship with the Son. And the Spirit, a pers- perfect relationship with the Father. And in that, and we'll call, we'll call that relationship a family, it is a perfect family. Perfect love, perfect unity, no division, no fracture. And we know that God is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. So there has been no fracture. You don't see the son saying to the father, that's it, I'm done with you. I'm out of here. Or the spirit saying, I can't put up with the two of you at all. I'm out of here, right? Do you get that? No. Perfect unity. Why? Because God is love. And yet Paul comes to us and he says... And look at this. We're going to put it, put it up there. Ephesians 5. Can you get Ephesians 5 verse 1 up there this morning? Just as I close on this. This is my last little tidbit. Just so everybody can see it. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Somebody might not get there in time. Can we get that? Ephesians 5 1. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children. Now, isn't that a great way to end that section? This is what you're to do. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly beloved children. Why? Because children are to resemble. There should be a likeness. I look like my dad and I, and I look like my mom. You didn't catch that. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> and this is good things not being taped. But I resemble my dad and I resemble my mom. And guess what? When it comes to our character, when it comes to our righteousness and holiness, we are to follow his example to be like him. Amen? And so as Ryan is, is playing this morning and as they get the music going this morning, I just want to ask a question as we respond to this. Have you, this morning, ever been hurt? Or ever, have you ever used words to tear down others? Are you, this morning, in need of God's forgiveness? Maybe you were a recipient of hurtful words or attitudes. And that hurt has turned into bitterness or maybe anger or malice. Maybe you're holding something against someone. I want to encourage us this morning. I want to encourage each and every one of us, if that is you, if you've either been hurt or you have hurt someone else, And the Lord is speaking to you about that this morning. And I know the Lord speaks to me when my heart races and my palms get sweaty and I get butterflies in my stomach. 
or the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about a person or an incident. And the Spirit of God is saying you need to make that right. Can we walk in obedience to what the Spirit is saying this morning? Heavenly Father, we come before your throne today. Maybe there's someone, before I move, maybe there's someone here today right now and, and, and you, you just, you, you feel you need to respond by coming forward. Or maybe you just need to respond even in your seat. It's okay. If you want to come forward and we want to pray with you, that's great. If you want to pray right where you are, that's absolutely fine. But if, if this message has, has spoken to your heart at all today, and if you could just lift your hand. I, I see some hands going up. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. My hand's up too. And so, Heavenly Father, we come before your throne as we lift our hands to you and acknowledging our need. Acknowledging our need. Lord, we pray that your healing, we pray that your forgiveness, we pray, Lord, that is the strength that we need to go to others and to make our relationships right. Help us, Lord, to follow Matthew 18 to go to a brother or sister and, and, and let's get this thing worked out. Let's, let's be able to come away with our arms wrapped around each other, reconciled. Because, Lord, we need to get this right. We need to get this right. To be effective in our witness collectively, we need to get this right. We need to build each other up. We need to strengthen each other. We need to edify the body of Christ because it's a mark of the new nature that we have, of who we are in Jesus, but also it's a mark of what true fellowship really looks like, the gospel in action. Hallelujah. Praise his name. We just believe, Lord, that you're going to help us. We're going to help us work this out. Amen. Can you lead us in that song, Ryan? Amen. Just make this a prayer this morning. Bowing here, I find my rest. Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. 
teach me song to rise to you when temptation comes my way when I cannot stand or fall on you Jesus you're my hope and stay when I cannot stand or fall on you Jesus, you're my hope and stay. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My our need of you. Continue to transform us, Lord Jesus. Continue to make us more like you. Give us the ability to trust in you, Holy Spirit, to, to guide us, to submit our flesh to you, Spirit. release the empowering from the Holy Spirit right now to, to walk in these things that are they're really impossible in our flesh, but holiness is you in us, Jesus. Holiness is you in us. We acknowledge that today. We look to you. And Lord, I know your presence is with us as we go out this week, as we carry the kingdom with us. May we walk in your love, Jesus, and just release your love wherever we're going. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.